This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, October 15th, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. Leonard Liggio's impact on libertarian thinking and the modern libertarian movement is hard to overstate. In addition to his work with the Cato Institute, Liggio fostered the growth of many other leading libertarian organizations. Liggio died yesterday at the age of 81. Tom Palmer, a longtime friend and student of Liggio's, discussed the man's impact in the world of ideas. Leonard Liggio was, uh, first off, as a human being, one of the kindest people I've ever known. But he was a very important pillar of the modern libertarian movement, and for several reasons. The first was that he had a historical training and historical understanding. And so he tied contemporary issues to the broader, deeper, longer movement for his for liberty going back deep into history and identified with classical liberalism and those movements that contributed to classical liberalism. So he had that very important role. And modern libertarian thought is deeply touched and influenced by Leonard. The second thing was, and this is related to his being such a kind and gentle person, he was a networker. He knew everybody. He would connect people together in ways that at the time you might not have understood. And years later, you say, oh, that's why I was introduced to this person, because this person ended up being very helpful in my career, in my work, and the development of my intellectual interests. So he was just an indispensable person. People uh, who've written about uh, Leonard sort of focused on something that I think is hard to overstate, which is the climate of ideas when he was, as Brian Doherty put it, sort of cutting a fresh space for the development of uh, libertarian ideas, particularly in America. Well, he had been active many, many years ago in the Youth for Taft movement uh, and was part of the early classical liberal libertarian wing of that. They wanted a non-interventionist foreign policy and they wanted limited government and uh, individual liberty at home. He went to Georgetown University in 1951. Uh, This is not a a high point for classical liberal or libertarian thought in the United States or anywhere else. And... uh, really worked to develop his understanding of history, of philosophy, of all of the interrelated questions. And in 1953, he started attending the seminar of Ludwig von Mises at New York University. And that was really important to come in contact with such a towering intellect who was a living representative of that older classical liberal tradition who had had to fled Europe in the face of the onslaught of horrifying uh, collectivist statism and racism and um, uh, uh, murder. And so that connected him with a deep tradition in economic analysis and social science and with that earlier classical liberal tradition. So he was vitally important. He also was one of the early student libertarian activists. I was very happy that Students for Liberty, which is a very vibrant, rapidly growing global movement, connected with him. And uh, Alexander McCobin, their president, did a wonderful interview called The First Student for Liberty. In 1951, he set up a libertarian club at Georgetown University. You could imagine it was a bit lonely at the time, as all kinds of collectivist and statist and interventionist philosophies were riding high. in the United States. So he was a trailblazer, but not just as a movement leader, not just as an organizer, as an intellectual. He could connect things. He saw connections that other people didn't see. And when you would ask him to explain the Vietnam War, 
he would begin the story not in 1964 or 1955. He would start hundreds and hundreds of years ago. He said, you can't understand it if you don't understand the historical roots. He was like that in everything. And attending his lectures in history was uh, an unforgettable experience. When you look through just his resume of all of the individual organizations that he touched, uh, the Volcker Fund was among the first big organizations that uh, he was associated with. Well, and out of that then came the Institute for Humane Studies when that was founded by Professor F.A. Harper. He, Harper had been a professor at uh, Cornell University and then left that because he wanted to be involved in an intellectual revival, and he felt he could do that better working with the academy but being based outside of it. And uh, he and Mrs. Harper set up the Institute for Humane Studies. Uh, Leonard was very active uh, in uh, doing that and later became the president of IHS many, many years later after uh, Professor Harper had died. So he was connected with that. But if you look at the list of organizations, it's really quite striking. So modern libertarian organizations, uh, but there's one other element about Leonard that many people don't know. He didn't have any enemies, as far as I know. He was able to be friendly with everyone. He could find something of value in just about anyone he met and then focus on that. So there were leftists who also loved Leonard and they, they appreciated him, and conservatives and rightists. He would try to find some element of liberty in their thinking and encourage that. So he was involved years ago in the Bertrand Russell war crimes trial uh, that put the U.S. government on, on trial for a criminal behavior. That would be a little bit shocking to some people, but he felt it was needed and important to bring up uh, uh, malfeasance and criminal behavior on the part of American government officials. And then also with uh, conservative organizations, we're happy to have him come as well. Regardless of with whom he was working, he always would focus on something positive and something connected to personal freedom, human dignity, limited government, and peace. What was his academic background? Well, he was uh, fascinated by history, but also by philosophy and theology and other matters as well. He was a bit of a polymath. I don't know that I knew very much in physical sciences or chemistry, but in the humane studies generally, uh, sciences of the human spirit, history, law, philosophy, uh, and so on, he was very learned. He read basically a book a day, and when I say a book, I mean a big, thick book. When I used to work with him, uh, in the evening, he would have gotten some book from the library, and he'd go home with it. The next day in the morning, he would be happy to talk about what was in it. And he had an amazing memory for all kinds of interesting details as well. Uh, he, uh, after studying at Georgetown University, he went on and studied legal history and then international relations at Columbia University and Fordham University, respectively, and later was a professor of uh, legal history at George, uh, George Mason University and taught a lot of different places around the world. He was visiting professor at Universidad Francisco Marroquin in Guatemala and really just quite amazing. So many things about Leonard that people don't know. He was a Knight of Malta, for example, which is a very important uh, interesting position for such a radical libertarian as Leonard was to hold. So his knowledge was encyclopedic. 
uh, I used to say uh, that Leonard had already forgotten more than I will ever know in all my life. He really was simply a depth, a, a deep well of knowledge and always willing to share it with other people, not correcting, that's that irritating kind of person we don't want to be. He's always correcting little mistakes by others, but instead of helping people to understand things, making connections, suggesting books and articles and research problems. And when he did so, his letter uh, or later email would be accompanied by a long bibliographical list of references that would be useful. And for everybody who ever received them, they were in fact quite useful. It's really hard to estimate the, how an individual uh, impacts such a broad movement, but his impact is in, in some ways obvious, but I suspect uh, much broader uh, than we uh, think it is. So can you give just a broad assessment of, of his influence on the uh, modern libertarian movement? In assessing Leonard's contribution to modern libertarian thinking, it would take a long time. But let me just mention a few things that are really deep and important. First, I mentioned earlier, is connecting contemporary libertarianism to the older traditions of uh, liberalism, Whiggism, and other movements that uh, stood up for the rights of the individual human being and for limitations on state power. So that was very, very important. He also uh, contributed to an understanding of the development of political thought. He saw socialism not as some people thought it somehow a next stage of liberalism or an alternative to liberalism and conservatism, but as an effect an attempt to realize some liberal goals of equality of the person and personal freedom, but using the methods of the Ancien Regime or the old regime, conservative methods, and it was going to be a disaster. So he contributed, I think, to a deep understanding of the development of the political ideologies that dominated the 20th century and are still with us in the 21st. He also had a deep influence on European liberals. So the French liberals, uh, love and adore uh, Leonard Leggio. He helped them to appreciate their own tradition. People such as Jean-Baptiste Say, Charles Dunoyer, Charles Comte, Frederick Bastiat, who's better known in the United States. These people were completely unknown in France, and it was Leonard who really helped to revive an interest in French liberalism, that liberalism was not a uniquely Anglo-Saxon phenomenon, but it was in all of the European countries in various forms. He could speak at length about Swedish liberalism, of the uh, 18th and 19th centuries. Not many people could do that. And in fact, when he would go to Sweden and talk to Swedish historians, they would take notes uh, from this American uh, New York uh, born and bred scholar. He also made connections that were deeply influential and will, will continue to ripple out for well, frankly, centuries to come. To take one example, his understanding of the roots of the thought of liberty in the Islamic world. This is maybe so well appreciated in non-Muslim countries, but our Muslim friends very much appreciated Professor Leggio, who was a Roman Catholic, because he connected them again with people such as Ibn Sina and Averroes or Ibn Rushd and so on. And indeed, when he passed away, we got letters from Morocco, from Egypt, from other countries. Uh, 
from people who had been deeply influenced by him, from Turkey especially. He was very connected with uh, Turkish libertarians. And so there are elements of this that even I don't know, and I will stumble across them and discover them in years to come. He was the quintessential kind and gentle networker. We used to say that Leonard had a thousand-year plan for liberty. None of the rest of us quite understood it or saw all of the connections, but we trusted him and had faith in him that this was a good plan to follow. Tom Palmer is Vice President for International Programs at the Atlas Economic Research Foundation, and he's a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. You can learn more about the broad sweep of libertarian thinking at our websites, libertarianism.org and cato.org.